0: Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. What's up, everybody? I hope you're having a great day. Welcome into the Buffalo Wild Wing Studio on this Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Hour number one, again, as always, brought to you by our friend Tim Lasher and his company. Tim Lasher, great kicker for the Sooners, great company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now for 16 years. You can call them at 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen for all your heating and air needs. You need those taken care of. They can get it done for you. Home Comfort you can trust. Last year, Home Comfort Systems four zero five five seven nine thirty one thirteen. What's up, Parker Thune? How are you? I'm doing great, Steely. I'm almost through Breaking Bad. Getting close, huh? Getting
1: close. How many episodes are there in the final season?
0: Oh gosh, I can't remember. You know, and I've watched it. I watched it twice, actually. Really, two times. Who's your favorite breaking bad character if you had to pick one? <laughs> That's a great question. Probably Mike. Mike's pretty good. Mike's a good character. Mike's good. And then you've got to jump into Better Call Saul after, uh, after Breaking Bad. No, back. you know you
1: what? Know, I take it back. As much as I like Mike, I think Saul is actually my favorite character.
0: Saul's pretty good. I mean, you've got to do bre- uh, Better Call Saul now after Breaking Bad. Got to. Yeah, huh? yeah. That's yeah. a lot of commitments, dude. Yeah, me. well, Mike is very prominent in uh, Better Call Saul as well. He's okay. so good. He's really good. Understated, but great. All right, uh, how we feeling about the Sooners and Iowa State Saturday night? <sighs> twenty points. Spread spread. What
1: nineteen and a half right now? Is it
0: now now to nineteen and a half? Okay,
1: yeah. Oh, I thought it was up to nineteen and a half. It opened at minus thirteen and a half. Really? Yeah. I saw twenty on ESPN yesterday. It? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in so. some places it probably is twenty, but eh, I bet you it's a win and a cover for Oklahoma. That Iowa State offense is not good. Like, don't be fooled by their performance against oklahoma state last week that offense is not good
0: i wasn't fooled i wasn't fooled because Oklahoma State. i know, I know is, you were yeah but you're no, smart i know what that. you're saying now am i i'm not sure but do you kind of have the feeling you hope the play you know the coaches won't and i don't think the players are going to have this feeling either i really don't uh i think this staff will be really good about look ahead games But I'm ready to get to the Cotton Bowl, man. Oh, boy, Steely. No, that's the wrong mentality. To get to the Cotton Bowl, I'm sorry. Wrong mentality. I am thinking Dallas already. Now, the Sooner players and coaches, they're more focused. They are, uh, I, I think they will lock in on Iowa State. And I think they'll win this football game. Uh, can they cover? Yeah, they can cover if they play uh, solid football. But i got to tell you, I'm like, can we just move ahead?
1: Oh, boy. Steely's having his monster energy drink with a shot of rat poison today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well done, sir. I like it. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very susceptible to the rat poison. Iowa State, even when Iowa State was going great with Matt Campbell, they still bore me. Ames-Iowa bores me. The uniforms bore me. Iowa State is a snooze fest. Hopefully, uh, if you're listening in, Sooner players, all one of you that might be, probably not, uh, don't think like me. But I am so ready to get to the Texas game. I'm very ready. What are you thinking right now, OU Texas? Percentage chance the Sooners win in the Cotton Bowl. What percentage would you put it at right now for OU to win? In the Cotton Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Right now, pending the outcome and the optics of Texas' matchup with Kansas, I would say Oklahoma has a 45% chance of winning in the cotton.
0: That's exactly where I am. Really? I was going to say 45%. And I got to say, a lot of the time, I don't like being this way, but I'm kind of a sooner pessimist. I go into games a little bit scared. Now, during the Switzer era, you know, in the 80s, Particularly, you know, once they got good again in 84 and kept going, I usually thought, yeah, Oklahoma's going to find a way to win this game. Uh, After seeing some of what happened with Mules, were living dangerously last year, I have become a little bit more of a Sooner pessimist. Oh, no, you know, which I don't like that. So if you win this week, and I think the Sooners will take care of business against the Cyclones, and then you win the Cotton Bowl, man, that pessimism is going to go away. So much relies on the next two weeks with this Oklahoma football team. And I want to talk more about that and where you guys are right now. Are you having problems locking in on Iowa State? I want to know. 405-651-3439. 405 651 on the Meyer Chevrolet text
1: line. On the text line, Cam says, for the love of God, please, no Taylor Swift talk. Listen, we ain't going to talk about Taylor Swift on this show.
0: We keep the main thing the main thing. You are Jalen Hurts. Yes, you are. You just went after every show you go lift weights for 30 minutes before you meet the media to talk about your performance.
1: Blacktop you Billy on the text line says, hogwash, boys, we're going to
0: win. See, Blacktop Billy, I, I wish I could feel that confident, and uh, maybe the Sooners will go there and win. And it's some PTSD from 49 to nothing, but um, you know, I'm at about 45%. I'm about 45%. But we'll see. Do I think Oklahoma can win the game? Yes, I do. No doubt. No doubt. And I was thinking before the season, you always question when Texas gets off to a good start, even when they go to Tuscaloosa, because, you know, Texas fans, they've got to have, even though after 49 to nothing, they always – I we were talking about this before we came on the air today, and there with Tyler and, oh, you photo guy, Mark, um, that you felt like ever since about 2000 – even if they didn't win every year, the Sooners had a mental edge, I felt like, going into that game. It was Texas always thinking, oh, man, here comes Oklahoma again. And, again, sometimes the Sooners would lose a game here or there in that series. But I always felt like Oklahoma was going to be the tougher team, the more disciplined team, and find a way to win. The question is, did the Sooners lose that edge last year? We'll find out. We'll find out. But I know we got to lock in, got to lock in on Iowa State. I want to start out talking a little recruiting um, before we uh, we get going with some sound. We're going to hear from Matt Campbell from his press conference coming up in the next segment. We have T.J. Eckert today at 135. Uh, Michigan State, Mel Tucker's out. Out By, officially. By Job is there, of course. He is. Uh, this Reggie Power kid, right?
1: Reggie Powers, yes. Reggie Powers. Not Austin
0: Powers, but Reggie Powers. decommitted and uh, got a boom. Oklahoma offer. What are we thinking about, you know, what's going on at Michigan State? By Joe, what would that take? Would the Sooners are still interested? Clearly they're interested in Reggie Powers, the four-star safety who decommitted yesterday. Uh, What are we thinking there? Anything new?
1: Reggie Powers is somebody that Oklahoma is going to have a good shot at now that he's back on the open market. And I'll say this much, he will be a take regardless of what happens with Michael Boganowski. So the Sooners are willing to recruit powers independently from Boganowski. Uh as far as the By Jobe thing is concerned, yeah, look, it's it's fun to speculate about whether he might be coming home to Norman after his freshman season at Michigan State. But there's just there's so much that has to happen for that conversation even to have legitimate roots. He's gonna have to get in the portal first, and trust me, that's not a decision that's gonna be made lightly. So on By Jobe Let's let's wait until or unless he gets in the portal, then we can initiate that conversation. But no, as far as Reggie Powers is concerned, I do expect Oklahoma to be in the mix there with that recruitment now reopened.
0: What's his background? Where's he from? And
1: Centerville, Ohio. Mm. The so, southern portion of the state.
0: Buckeyes, Cincinnati, teams like that. Notre Dame. Getting in the mix. Yeah, Notre Dame makes sense. So... Um. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, the other th- news is Terry Bussey makes his announcements, annou- announcement. Jeez, dude, settle down. Too much energy drink. 3.30 tomorrow, is that right? Around 3.30 tomorrow? Like that, tomorrow afternoon. And uh, you've been O-U-A-N-M. on the phone and m you A&M. It's slightly, and you still think A&M, but we just I, don't know, right? Look,
1: Again. In my heart of hearts, I think this is A and M's race to lose and there better be an immediate emergency BOR meeting to give Emmett Jones a hefty raise if he pulls off Terry Bussey tomorrow.
0: I mean Emmett Jones is clearly the front runner for recruiter of the year right now. I was, you
1: know, I was talking and
0: about- it's gonna be locked in, pardon the pun. No, if, you're right. if he gets Terry Bussey, it's over, man. He can Shoot, do the, I- he can do the Vince Carter meme it's
1: over i was talking to a source yesterday about the bussy recruitment and they said man about the only thing Emmett jones hasn't done yet in the nine what eight nine months he's been at oklahoma is land a five star and now he's potentially on the verge of doing just that again am i am i there yet no but let's see what happens tonight tomorrow morning because i I, it does feel like this is one that's going to legitimately go down to the wire
0: Going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting. So if Emmett Jones gets Terry Bussey, the Regents, I'm sure he's going to make more money, you know, when they get together after the year and he'll get a raise. But can we get him like a Brahms franchise or something if he pulls off Terry Bussey? Is that the people at Brahms? Can you do that for Emmett Jones and just put, you know, like Emmitt Jones' signature above the Brahms logo? Something like that? I don't know. May, might have to do it for Miguel Chavez and Todd Bates, too, down the road. The way the Sooner staff is recruiting, it has been very impressive. 588 says, for what it's worth, my buddy knows Terry Bussey.
1: And he told him two days ago that OU is for real in this. There you go. It's for
0: real. It is for real. Man, that would be quite, uh, quite the coup for OU if they can get that done. Because... Where was OU with Terry Bussey a month ago, two months ago? I mean, they were, you know, they were in the mix, so to speak, but they weren't very seriously in the mix, right? Everybody thought it was going to be a and for a long time. And maybe it still will be. Maybe this will be another Dominic McKinley situation. Who knows? But uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens again with uh, that commitment coming up tomorrow.
1: Somebody asked, is Jones going to the commitment tomorrow?
0: Well, it's not legal. He
1: couldn't do that even if he wanted to. So, no.
0: Okay. Tomorrow around 3.30 for Terry Bussey, the five-star wide receiver and defensive back. And uh, is A&M going to play – would A&M play him at wide receiver? A&M probably would play him at wide receiver, yeah. Well, right. particularly if he says, I also want to play – you know, like, because there's been some talk of uh, defensive back, right? Maybe he could be – who was the last – Andre Wolfolk did that for OU for a while. D.J. Graham's done it, but obviously wasn't doing it at the same time. So you've seen, uh, you know, guys do that in college football occasionally. But uh, So it's going to be uh, very curious to see how that unfolds tomorrow. Could be a great day for Oklahoma, no doubt, if they can pull that off. All right, break time right here. Thanks again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Don't forget about Affordable Door Company. Get the ultimate door tune-up and maintenance today for $119, 405-635-9499. Break time. Let's hear what Matt Campbell said about the Sooners, Dylan Gabriel, the defense and everything. We'll do that next right here on The Ref. All right, Riverwind Casino, get out this weekend. Check out the 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings, the final drawings of this uh, great promotion. Get out there Saturday night and uh, win your share of $50,000 in cash and bonus play. We've got great concerts happening. Concerts are back big time at Riverwind at the Showplace Theater. October 6th, we've got Foreigner there at the Showplace Theater. Also, Carly Pierce, October 14th. Gin Blossoms and uh, Tonic will be on the Beats and Bite stage, October twenty second, outdoors, which will be a great deal. Tickets for the Beats and Bite shows are only ten bucks a piece. That'll be a heck of a show. Uh, they were supposed to be in over the summer. They got weathered out. They're back, October 22nd twenty uh, second on the Cooper Works Beats and Bite stage again. Coming up that night, going to be a great show. Rodney Carrington also has a show coming up in October and November. Aaron Lewis. Flatland Cavalry, Justin Moore, December Lee Bryce, January Boys to Men, and comedian Joe Coy. The big time shows are back at the Showplace Theater. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, Matt Campbell and Iowa State coming in at two and two on the season, and underdog to the Sooners this weekend. We know that Iowa State has played Oklahoma very tough and won some, obviously. Uh, in Norman, and there have been some nail-biter games between these two teams that the Sooners were just able to pull out, but let's hear what Matt Campbell has to say about Oklahoma. He says he's very impressed with Dylan Gabriel and
2: the Sooners. Dylan's been in this system, not just at Oklahoma, but since Central Florida um, what, six years? I mean, he's a kid that, elite precision, you know, he's a guy that knows what his answers are. He's, he's almost the offensive coordinator at times on the football field, and you know, can make all the throws. He's really athletic, obviously much different this year because he's healthy and, you know, he's just playing at, an elite, at elite level and, you know, you, you're going to have to, you're not even then talking about everything else around him. You know, the receiving core is back, the the running backs are back, the offensive line is back. So, you know, they, they are a football team that's clicking on all cylinders right now, um, certainly on the offensive side of the football and then on the defensive side, really talented and really young. So, you know for us it's a it's a huge week for us to continue to move forward i think each week that's the opponent but in in the iowa state camp you know you're you're man how do you build on what you did well last week how do you keep growing forward and some of the areas that we need to get better at and then how do you handle a road game environment you know we we didn't we didn't handle our first test. And, you know, you know, have another opportunity to get on the road in one of the great places of all time to play college football. So uh, a real challenge for us across the board.
0: There you go. Matt Campbell talking about the Sooners. The uh, The offensive line is back. The running backs are back. Wide receivers are back. Um, not really, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Matt Campbell went on to say also uh, when talking about the Oklahoma defense that you have to protect the football against a very aggressive Oklahoma defense
2: well they they create chaos on defense you know they're 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 so multiple um they're really talented and they are high pressure defense and you know I think one of the things offensively for for us to just continue to have success, especially in a game like this you've got to be you've got to do a great job of taking care of the football and you know you you look at the games that we've won this year, I think you know we've won the turnover margin the games we lost we either tied or lost the turnover margin so you know I, I think it's just a, a matter for us to continue to you know practice it, make a big deal about it. Um, and continue to do a great job trying to put our kids in position to where you know it's not sometimes just a quarterback or a fumble. It's protecting the quarterback. It's protecting the tailbacks. Um, And you're going to have to do all those things, and you're going to have to do it really well against this defense.
0: There you go. Matt Campbell uh, from his press conference talking about the matchup with Oklahoma. Things have not gone so well for Matt Campbell post-Brock Purdy. Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, Mike Rose, all those players that uh, Iowa State had for a while that were really good, Sooners won the names last year. So, uh, again, Oklahoma would have to go out and have a really bad night to lose this game to Iowa State. And I respect Matt Campbell. I still think the g- defense is good. I'm with you, Parker. I still don't think that offense is is a good matchup for a lot of teams, particularly the way that Oklahoma's playing defense. So the Sooners, again, they should be able to handle the, their business uh, if they're locked in. And I, I think that Brandon, and this staff, like I said, they they seem like the kind of staff that can get these guys focused in, even though what's happening the next Saturday is so big.
1: Yeah, and I think – you know, I was actually uh, doing an Iowa State podcast earlier this week with a couple former Cyclones, one of whom was Jeff Woody. You remember Jeff mm-hmm. Woody? Yes, I do. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, uh, I was on the Cyclone Fanatic kicking it podcast earlier today, and one of those things, or one of the things that those guys mentioned to me was man, Iowa State has just really struggled to run the football so far in 2023. And with as well as Oklahoma has played in the secondary, if you are struggling to run the ball, Against this team, odds are you're not going to have a ton of success throwing the ball either, with the way that these corners and safeties have attacked their assignments thus far in 2023. We've seen excellent play from Woody Washington. Gentry Williams has had some really special moments. Obviously, Billy Bowman quietly has had a real nice year to this point. Everybody's super impressed with what Peyton Bowen has done. And you're getting quality snaps out of guys like Kendall Dolby. And I, when he comes back Key from Key Lawrence has
0: been unbelievable, too, yeah, right? Yeah, Reggie
1: Pearson. Uh, Key Lawrence has definitely emerged. And shoot, Macari Vickers has been playing a bit these last couple of weeks.
0: So It's a good secondary. No doubt. Yeah, again. They played great.
1: If Iowa State cannot establish the run, I just don't see a way that – they take to the air to keep up with Oklahoma in this football game. I don't think that's something that they're going to have the capacity to do against this Oklahoma secondary.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. Those were our ortho central clips of the day. The sound from Matt Campbell, ortho central, great reputation clinics for a long time in Norman and Midwest city. Now the new tri-city location, Newcastle, Tuttle and Blanchard, their full service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Four Oh five. 6-5-1 651 at 3439. Let's get to the Kenneypile Myers Chevrolet text line. We do have TJ Eckert coming up today, 135.
1: On the Kenneypile Myers Chevrolet text line. From the 405, as a sooner fan, you should be at least 51%. I think that's in reference to the Texas game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, oh, yes, the Iowa State games in Norman where Mule Shoe would have his quarterback after halftime with a big lead still throw the ball into triple coverage instead of running only to allow Iowa State to crawl back into it and know you would hold on for DLI. <laughs> that's that a life." That happened pretty, a lot.
0: That's a pretty good summation right there from our man Jim in Arlington.
1: 2017, obviously they lost that game as, what, 21-point favorites? Oh, yeah. Was it 21 or 28? They were favored by a lot of points. 2019... 42 to 41 was the final in that football game.
0: You have to sweat out a two uh you know a conversion there at the end. Wow. And yeah. then
1: 2021 that game was a little bit more I, th- I what that game is remembered for more than anything else is the hit that Perry on Winfrey laid on Brock Purdy. Yeah. That was just a really boring football game. 28 to 21 was the final there. Yeah. Oklahoma held on, but it wasn't pretty. Nothing was pretty in 2021 except the Red River shootout that year. That was mm-hmm. probably the best football game I will ever watch with my own two eyes. Everything else about that
0: 2021 season? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it was a tough season. But yeah, the Cotton Bowl was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Okie okay, Tom says, is DJ
1: Graham injured or what is the issue? Yes, Okie okay, Tom. Uh, he had to have surgery on his meniscus, to my understanding. Earlier this season. So, he's yeah, he's on the shelf. That's why you haven't seen him in uniform for the Sooners.
0: Uh, Sugar Shane. Uh, Kent Bradford gave my family his uh, Red River rivalry tickets. What are the odds that his seats are on the Texas side? Hopefully zero, right? I would think. Spencer Tulsa mm-hmm. says,
1: Perion hit Purdy so hard it made him a quality NFL quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Drew from Flower Mound added, he added, don't forget the thick six with Jalen Redmond. Yeah, right. good recall. Yes. yes, absolutely. And you know who forced that fumble?
0: You remember who forced that fumble? Uh, was it Caleb Kelly? No, it was Key Lawrence. Was it really? It was Key Lawrence. Wow. Wow. Key Lawrence has been around for a while now, hasn't
1: he? He's been Third good year. at generating turnovers.
0: Yeah, he has been. He's having a really good year, man. He's having a really good year.
1: Frisco Suter says, Guys, am I crazy for thinking the game this weekend against Iowa State could end up being a down-to-the-wire dogfight? Look, I'm not saying OU loses this game, but they better be ready to play. This is the type of team and coach that you turn the ball over or sleepwalk through a quarter or two, and you could find yourself in a fight late in the fourth. Guess I'm just guarded, but in my opinion, OU is not in a position, nor are they good enough to take anyone lightly.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good point. Hopefully they're not like the old dummy announcer here talking about, let's move on to the Cotton Bowl. I I don't think they will be. I think this staff is better equipped than the previous staff to deal with that. And, look, every coaching staff everywhere, when you have a bigger game the next week and you have an opponent you're supposed to beat by, you know, 17, 21 points this weekend, they're going to try and they're going to make the speeches, can't overlook this. But I think the way Brent goes about his business, you know, the standards, the standard, and the way they they work those guys, um, th- that doesn't mean they may not go out and, and not execute or something. But I, I do think they will they will uh, have Iowa State on the mind as much as they can this weekend. I really think that. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Speaking of Kent Bradford, I think Douglas Miles. Sent out that pick recently of Kent Bradford at the varsity alumni game with Sam uh, holding his helmet not long ago. A young Sam Bradford. He looked like he was like seven or eight years old, something like that. Pretty good picture. Oh, boy, Trey Dissident. As long as DG is the quarterback, we could lose any game. Trey has spoken. He is not a fan of Dylan Gabriel. You know, a lot of Dylan Gabriel's sooner career is on the line, especially in Dallas because so many – Sooner players have been and coaches in particular defined by the outcome of Oklahoma, Texas. Here's,
1: here's what I want to know before we hit a break, Trey. If Dylan Gabriel is objectively what lifts the Sooners to victory in the Cotton Bowl, will you be willing to acknowledge that he is the right guy for the job at the University of Oklahoma? Because if you go from 49 to nothing one year with no Dylan Gabriel to Dylan Gabriel being the reason Oklahoma beats Texas the following year. I feel as though at that point it's pretty indisputable what type of player Dylan is and how valuable he is to this football. There you
0: player. go. My guess is that Trey would change his tune on if that happened. If Dylan Gabriel goes so. out and throws for four touchdowns or whatever against Texas and they win the game, that, um, you know, he's just, he's, he's, Trey is consistent. He has not been a DG fan for a long time. Nope. All right, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. Good to have you along on this uh, Wednesday edition, getting closer to Oklahoma-Iowa State. Pre-game show at noon here on The Rep on Saturday. We shall return. Coming up next hour, a complete breakdown of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship and where it's headed. Right here on The Rep. Not. Somebody was very upset. I guess uh, Plank was talking about it at the end of his show or something. They were really? very upset. No more Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, please.
0: So. Listen, Plank's a variety guy. Plank is a variety when, guy. When He's you... an excellent broadcaster, top notch. Plank is
1: knowledgeable on a vast variety of subjects. You tune in to listen to Plank, you know what you're
0: getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff's what you're getting. Good stuff. That's what you're getting. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Meyer Chevrolet text line. I got a text during the segment. Steely and Parker, let's do this. Better or worse for position groups as compared to where we thought they might be before the season. All right, we can do that real quick. Uh, Let's see if you agree. I'm going – let's start with the offensive line or quarterback, better. Still some things that Dylan Gabriel needs to do, but I still think better. Running backs, worse. Uh, O-line worse. Uh, Do I think they can get it together? Yeah, they still have that chance. But at at this point, you can't say better. Wide receivers? Better. Much better. Defensive line? Better. The ends and the interior. Linebackers? Better. Corners? Safeties? Better. Kicking game? Worse? Only because the punting has sucked. Sucked? been a plaster disaster so far but coverage and everything's pretty good so I, what do we say about special teams and what do you think on the, go through those position units and give me what you think
1: i think dylan gabriel has been hmm, well hmm, it depends because how are we gauging this steely is it where relative you to would be? my expectations or
0: public expectations i would say your expectations Okay. You know, or or you compare it to last year or just what you thought it was going to look like uh, before the season kicked I out.
1: I think Dylan Gabriel has exceeded my expectations.
0: Okay. We're, we're in agreement.
1: Yeah. Slightly. It hasn't been leaps and bounds better than I thought mm-hmm. it would be, but he has slightly exceeded the expectations that I've had. <laughs> Running backs have not been good.
0: <laughs> Running backs have not been what I expected them to be. They've got, and Teddy was talking about this yesterday, and... Uh, You know, because people are talking, well, what about Barnes and Sawchuck? And, you know, whether it's the injuries or, you know, Brent said practice. DeMarco Murray makes that call. And the running backs are good. DeMarco, I mean, you know, uh, Towie Walker's good. Marcus Major's good. Javante Barnes and Sawchuck have a chance, I think, to be better when they're healthy. We've seen that before, but we haven't seen it so far this year. But they don't have that guy who makes you miss. And Teddy's 100% accurate on that. Eric Gray, remember his first year? Boom. Open field, he was tackled a lot. Developed that spin move and that cutback. That's what these guys have to do to break off bigger chunk runs. Wide receivers have been so much better than I could have imagined they would be. Well, somebody threw the tight ends, and and the tight ends are are worse, definitely. (laughs) But you're talking about Braden... Braden Willis, yeah, who was I, really good. I
1: don't even know that I would say there. I don't know if we have enough to judge the tight ends off. I'm going to give that one a grade of incomplete okay. because they haven't really utilized the tight end in the game plan, at least not significantly. So True. I'm not drawing conclusions on the tight end group. That is the one position group on the team where I'm like, I I don't really know enough yet.
0: Okie okay, Tom, you're also right. When it comes to the O-line, I'm still going to go worse than I thought right now. But the pass pro has been great, really, really good. And the running game, eh, not so much. Regarding the offensive line. But they are who we thought they were. (laughs) Very nice.
1: I mean, I got no problem with the way that the offensive line has played.
0: I mean, if you're just asking me, are are they considerably worse? No. But if you ask me better or worse, you know. Without any nuance, I'm going to say worse than I thought. With a really good chance to get better, because Bill Beadonbo coaching them up. That's what I'll say. I just
1: the issues in the run game, I think, fall more on the backfield than they do on the offensive line right now. And they've been really good at protecting Dylan Gabriel. So yeah, they've I, been great. There. I wouldn't say they have exceeded my expectations. I also don't feel like they've fallen short of this. So the would,
0: offensive line has been about what I figured they would be. You want to say a C? And Savion Byrd's been hurt. He's going to be back. It looks like this week. He's been practicing, so we'll see. All right. Uh, what else? Defensively, secondary has been better than I thought. I mean, every
1: year. Clearly. Right? Clearly. has got to be. Significantly better than I thought. Linebackers have been better. Absolutely. Defensive line has been about what I figured.
0: Um, I'm not... Ooing and eyeing over them but i'm also the interior part of the defensive line though has done a much better job than a year ago but you're talking about where your expectations were with the new guys they brought in right? yeah
1: you know i i expected them to be above average in their mind in my mind they have been above average the linebackers have been excellent and the secondary has been excellent the defensive line i i don't know that i would call them excellent but they've been good Special teams? I mean, you had a return touchdown, Steely.
0: You did. Which is more than we can say for any Sooner team in the last seven years. That's true. You're right. Maybe I would put them uh, at about – I'm just thinking about the plaster disaster so far because field position for OU was horrible in that game, particularly in the first half. And field position battles do a lot to determine OU-Texas games or – You know, really big-time games that the Sooners will encounter down the line.
1: Somebody said, Parker with the crimson glasses on today. Not trying to be a sunshine pumper here. I'm calling it like I see it. And I don't know what the crimson glasses comment is specifically in reference to. But uh, if if we're getting back to special teams, I would say on the whole, it's been better because they've been, I mean – Again, they've been more aggressive in the return game. You're, they're not fair catching everything, as was the norm in the mule shoe days. Mm-hmm. True. Place kicking hasn't really. I mean, we haven't. We haven't had much of a chance to see. I mean, how many field goals has Zach Schmidt attempted? He had the two chip shots against Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, he had one against Tulsa that wasn't very long either, and I think he had one in the opener against Arkansas State. So, not. Sh- I don't think he's attempted a kick beyond forty yards yet.
0: I'd have to go ahead and look it up, Um, but I think that's right. Yeah,
1: four for four. So, I mean, four for four on field goals less than 40 yards. You expect that. So, no strong opinions there. Punting has got to get better. And they got two other punters on the roster, man. They got Ashton Logan, the Colorado transfer, and they got Luke Elzinga, the Central Michigan transfer. What's it going to take for one of those two guys to get a shot? Because – Yeah, Josh Plaster left a lot of meat on the bone against Cincinnati in the field position game.
0: All right, 405-651-3439 from the 580. The linebacker's success this year is directly tied to the defensive line. I mean. Okay. Yeah.
1: And listen, I, I am certainly of the opinion that that has had an impact on the linebackers. But I don't know that you can look at what Danny Stutzman is doing right now and say, oh, it's all its all because of the defensive line, right? Or it's it mostly helps, because so, of the defensive yeah. line. It no, definitely it helps, but you got to give credit where credit is due, primarily at least, and just acknowledge, hey, you know what? Danny Stutzman's playing like an All-American.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He's in the Butkus conversation and, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's I, I not I a system thing. That's no, a Danny Stutzman thing. But it, it's kind of like uh, on the 85 team, you know. Brian Bosworth, great player, was able to blitz. I still, Todd Dodge probably still has nightmares about him in his sleep. But a lot of that is also due to Tony Casillas being so dominant up front as well. And that defensive line was on another level uh, during those days. But, yeah, uh, a lot of, most of it's better. Most of it is better all the way around. They've just got to get the run game going a little more, uh, be more consistent, break off some longer runs. Uh, we'll see what happens with the running back rotation this week. It'll be interesting. Break time right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Good to have you along on this Wednesday, getting you closer to another Sooner football weekend. You guys, great job so far on the Texan line. Let's keep them rolling in. We'll get to as many as we can. Coming up next here on the Home of Sooner fans. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner fans on a Wednesday. Pre-game show begins at noon on a Saturday Sooners in Iowa State, 6 p.m. kick, FS1. We'll have the telecast. All right. uh, We will update you on the Terry Bussey situation and a little more recruiting coming up at the top of the hour. Not a lot to tell you about, but uh, we'll have an update for you coming up. But we got a lot of texts rolling in, 405-651-3439. That's the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Let's clear as many of those as we can for now. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it.
1: Uh Ryan Ryan from Norman says, this is Ryan from behind the 7-Eleven at Rock Creek and Porter. In okay, regards yeah. to DG, the only thing wrong with his overall game is the OU fan base. I understand fans like Drew Critique, and some of it is warranted by I guarantee there are a ton of football programs in the top 25 that would love to have DG's production. I get it. It's not perfect, okay, but it's not ever going to be.
0: There you go. Ryan, appreciate it, man. And, oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. Did you grow up with 7-Elevens in Nebraska? I mean, yeah, we had
1: 7-Elevens. We didn't frequent them, though. 7-Eleven wasn't an institution.
0: It was when I was growing up, back when the days when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, We used to, the big thing was you'd get on your bicycle. We would would either walk or get on our bikes and drive to 7-Eleven. And uh, or go to 7-Eleven, and you were, we'd either be picking up baseball cards, football cards, or basketball cards in an icy drink. That was it, man. That was like the greatest thing ever, you know, of the day to go get. And if you could get like three or four packs of baseball, football, or basketball cards, basketball cards, cards weren't quite as big as football and baseball, but that was awesome. And then you'd get that stick of gum that was nothing but pure sugar, it was great. Those were the days, man. Back in my day, that's what what, what it was all about. Patrick says, I saw Moses come out at 7-Eleven with the tablets.
1: <laughs> I like it. Pretty good, yeah. From a listener down in Texas, supposedly the staff wants a running back to emerge, yet the carries for Major and Walker are over, are over double that of Barnes and Sawchuck. What do you make of that?
0: Injuries? Um, you know, Brent said it's been all about practice. And, um, you know, maybe those guys haven't been able to practice as much, clearly. And it, Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that, at least in the uh, fall camp. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's blitz pickup. I mean, Barnes was playing a lot last year, right? I mean, Eric Gray was the guy, but still. I don't know. It's It's been very curious to see. I just – you know what? I trust the coaches in this deal. DeMarco Murray – Brent Venables, they see those guys every day. I know people are puzzled by it, but I think a lot of it is that those guys have been slowed by injuries. Because we saw what they could do against a really good defense in FSU in the Cheez It Bowl, and they both had over 100 yards.
1: Spencer Tulsa says conspiracy theory here. Oh, here we go. Get your tinfoil hat out, Steely. Here we go. Is Brent trying to make our run game look non-existent on film? Only to hand it off forty times against Texas.
0: There are going to be some wrinkles in the Texas game. There, the, the Texas game is about wrinkles, right? Quite a bit. New wrinkles, something that's going to be thrown in there, and Sark will probably be doing some different stuff, obviously as well. But I would expect you'll see some some new wrinkles out there for the Texas game. This OU Texas is always super important, but when you get beat down forty nine to nothing like they did a year ago, um, you can bet that. They've got, they've got some special plans, I'm sure, for the Longhorns. Justin
1: in Newcastle says, Hey, Parker, what is up with all these Stone to Mizzou rumors making the rounds? Are the Mizzou fans all meffed up again? Uh, listen, Justin, there are no such rumors. You're getting trolled. It is a troll job on social media by Missouri fans. There is absolutely nothing that would suggest David Stone would possibly consider
0: you saw the University of Missouri a couple weeks ago, Parker. That that one dude, um, you know, tweeted to David Stone, "Hey man, why don't you come be with uh, Will here at uh, Missouri?" And David Stone just tweeted right back, "No." So David Stone is solid on Oklahoma. I think that's pretty pretty obvious. From a listener in the five one two, I
1: trust our coaches, but it seems like they're forcing it with Major.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, We'll just have to see how it plays out. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because we've seen some weeks where it's, hey, it's Marcus Major and Tawie Walker. And then the w- next week it's <laughs> those guys. What do they get in the – was it the Tulsa game? One carry, I think, between them. And I think that was Marcus Major who's who had a decent run that got called back. But, um, you know, I, I would just say, again, trust the coaches. You can trust this staff more than you can trust Muleshoe you can't be trusted.: Another clearly.
1: five-star text from our consensus number one overall texter Cherokee Sooner. I heard that along with an apple, the serpent offered Eve a coffee from 7 11 It's very, very possible, very possible. Frisco Sooner says, "You guys remember when BV said the most important thing with the running backs is their availability?" I think that's the answer to the
0: question. Yeah, it's a good the, point, Frisco Center. It's and that's a good been, point. it's been a while now. It's been a while now since he said that. But basically, he was talking about those guys weren't able to practice enough. So, yeah, and everybody seems to have conveniently forgotten that. That again, Javante Barnes is coming back from a foot injury, um, saw Chuck with a hamstring. So, how much they're available in practice now? I you know I'm not sure, but we'll see. I do think if everybody's healthy, those. Those two are still the best backs. Not to dog Marcus Major or Talie Walker, but that would be my take. You know, I think we all saw, we all saw what happened again in the Cheesy Bowl. They looked awesome, and Sawchuck was was really good. Okay, we got to get out of here for um, hour number one. I want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems four hundred five. 579 3113. We've got hour number two right around the corner. We've got TJ Acker joining us, Riverwind Casino Hotline at one thirty five. Get his take on the uh, Sooners. We also have somebody who was asking me, Steele, you never talk golf anymore. Look, you guys know, if, if you've listened to me, that I love golf. Am I fired up for the Ryder Cup? Yes. We run a different playbook here, all right? Run a different playbook. So. On the home of the Sooner fans, nobody really wants to hear about the Ryder Cup. That's just the bottom line, okay? See you next hour. All right, let's keep talking. That's what we're being paid to do. want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring hour number two here. Steel Man and Thune on a Wednesday. Oklahoma Generator, family owned and operated, pride themselves on incredible customer service. Great reviews there. Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer, currently offering new customer discounts and free 10-year warranties with new installations. Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online, okgen.com, or you can call 405 321 66 thirty one. Any idea how tall uh, Pete Thamel is? How tall Pete yeah, Thammel like, is? Yeah, like is he a bigger That's guy? just a very weird question. I know to kick but off I'm watching him up two. here. I'm watching him up here on the TV monitor and he looks like a pip squeak. I'm just I mean, he's a fine reporter, but he there's he looks pip squeakish. You don't know. How do a- you gauge that? Well, he's just got like small shoulders, and he looks all pipsqueakish. Just okay. I
1: mean, you're re- you're like
0: only seeing him from the waist up, or maybe
1: like the yeah, it's- the pecs up, right? Right. That's why I'm wondering: is he a pipsqueak or not? I- I'm going to look this up for you. All right. I'm going to see if we can get an answer <laughs> on the interwebs. Pete Thamel height. I might be the first person that's ever typed this into a browser.
0: Just put in: Is Pete Thamel a pipsqueak or not? <laughs> This is first thing that comes up. Pete Thamel is a man of average
1: stature <laughs> and stands at a height of five feet eight inches. I
0: told you he was a pip squeak. I can tell. That is pretty squeakish I don't know. I like man. What is him. the cutoff for pip squeak? I don't, Nick Saban's a pipsqueak, right? Yeah, Isn't he's Nick like Saban like five nine. I mean he's, No 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 Saban's like five seven. That's what I'm saying. But he might be the baddest pip squeak of all time, Nick Saban. So, is five, like, where do you draw the line? Five what? I think Pipsqueak is five, nine, or below.
1: Okay, there you go. Well, Nick Saban's five, six, by the way. Just fact check you on that. Cow. Yeah, so Nick Saban is five, six. Pete Thamel is five, eight. They both fall into the Pipsqueak category.
0: How many Pipsqueaks squeaks you think are on our text line right now that are five, nine, or below?
1: I'm trying to think how many pipsqueaks are on our staff here at the ref. (laughs) How many adult men did you just call pipsqueaks? I don't know. In this office.
0: I'm just saying. Connor Pasby. I don't think he's taller than 5'9". I don't know. I don't think. I think Connor's bigger than 5'9". Drake, is Drake a pipsqueak? Drake, by your definition, is indeed a pipsqueak. But he's a highly respected pipsqueak, though. You
1: know? KW918 says, whatever height Clark Stroud is, that's where the line shall be drawn. Oh, I like it. I like it. Spence Tulsa says, never been more proud to be 5'9 and a half.
0: Colin KC
1: says, about to be some angry munchkins on the text line. Well,
0: you can be, you know, like if you're a wrestler or something. You know, just because you're 5'9 below does doesn't automatically make you a pipsqueak. There's some non-pip squeakish people out there who are probably in the five-six, five-seven range, maybe even five-eight. But I'm just saying, Thamel looked like I don't know. He just looked very pip squeakish. So I'm just seeing.
1: Oh gosh, this text line—it's <laughs> become very, very. Spark in Newcastle says Thamel may be pip squeakish, but he has big hands.
0: <laughs> This is the kind of high-quality radio you tune in for right here, ladies and gentlemen. Is Pete Thamel a pipsqueak or not? He is a fine reporter, though. Regarding your comments at the
1: end of last hour on golf, a listener in the 405 says, seeing as I don't know what the
0: Ryder Cup is, you're right. Yeah, and look, um, sometimes I've had other radio people, how can you talk about recruiting in the middle of June? You know? Certain people. yes,
1: there is no off-season from recruiting.
0: Certain people, you know, how's it feel to be, you know. And you run the playbook. The playbook is I'm 5'6", and I'm uncomfortable with this topic. No, you're good. You're non-pipsqueakish, 918. You're clearly not a pipsqueak. You're, you're good. But, um, you know, this is the home of Sooner fans. It's just like there was an Oklahoma State person – and I've got Cowboy friends, plenty of them. And it was long like in the text line blowing up. How are you talking about OSU? I'm like, what about the home of Sooner fans do you not understand? I mean, that's how this radio station goes. So for me to say, you know, we'll talk a little bit of Thunder uh, because, you know, it's a professional sports franchise. We'll bring Brandon Rebar on. But I've always felt that... There are plenty of national sports shows to talk about national sports, too, right? If you want the Ryder Cup, go to the Golf Channel. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not excited about it. Clearly, I am. I love golf, but I wish I was better at it, but I love golf. But this audience, I would be catering to, like, maybe 2% of the audience. So, as we've said here, the, the meal consists of a porterhouse steak, a very good one, which is Sooner Football. And then some side dishes. All right? And the Ryder Cup is like that little bit of parsley on the plates. That it's there, but nobody, nobody cares about it. <laughs> it's the garnish, right? <laughs> the garnish. I mean, at least in this audience.
1: Uh, Braylon in the 580 asks, is Towie Walker a pipsqueak? Well, he is 5'9". Is he? No. However, that man has about more muscle mass than any other five foot nine human in college football.
0: I think the Cincinnati cornerback found that out, that he is not a pipsqueak. So, anyway. Yeah.
1: So you get an exemption if you're 220 pounds of sheer lean muscle?
0: People don't be, by the way, and I don't think that guy was, but don't be one of those who takes everything seriously, okay? We're just being stupid here.
1: It's all we do, really. That's
0: right. We're just being stupid. We've been trying to bring back words. We, we thought about nincompoop yesterday. So, there you go. Cody
1: says, people who are 5'6 are indeed pipsqueaks. The only exception is wrestlers. They are savages no matter the body size. Dude,
0: you don't mess with a wrestler. No, you do not. You You see cauliflower ear, uh, you you avoid that fight at all costs. (laughs) That's right. What was it a while back, like 10 years ago, like the OSU – some members of the OSU wrestling team got in trouble because basically the police were trying to arrest them for something and they decided they would just kick the policeman's ass instead. <laughs> you know, it was something along those lines. Yeah, the wrestlers just decided they were going to be arrested, a few of them, and they weren't. They decided, you know what, let's just wrestle them, <laughs> I guess. but nah, you That gets you in more trouble, though. You don't, See, I remember at Norman High School, I won't mention any names. I really won't because uh, one may be listening. But there was a fight. We were at a party that we shouldn't supposed to be at. You know, whatever happened back in our high school was like, so-and-so's parents are going out of town. Yeah, party at Sullivan's house. And, you know, not thinking that while the parents are out of town, they're going to be like 40 vehicles there in the cul-de-sac or on the street. Like, they'll never know what was going on, right? That's how dumb we were. But I remember a... A melee got under, well, well, a melee involves more than two, right? So, anyway, there was a, a guy who was a badass linebacker on our high school football team. Tough guy. Nice guy, but a tough guy. He didn't want to mess with him. Okay. And then he went up against a wrestler who wasn't as big as him. Was not as big as him, but was an excellent wrestler. I won't mention any names, but the last name was Abel. And the wrestler won in a decision that took, like, 10 seconds. Wow. I mean, maybe 30 tops. And it was over like that. And I'm telling you, the linebacker was, was a, bad, a bad dude. But the wrestler won in a complete no contest. So don't ever mess with a wrestler. It was wrestlers and off-duty cops on a golf course. The cops got smoked, says the 405. So that was the OSU incident? Okay. I just remember saying, yeah, some OSU wrestlers are in trouble for kicking the cops' ass. I was (laughs) like, (laughs) jeez. Oh, gosh. So my brother was a good wrestler at Norman High School. This Again, this is the intensity of what wrestling is all about. Um, if you ever went into the high school wrestling room, did you have a wrestling room at your high school? No, we didn't. Okay. When you walk through that, it's basically, it is, you better have like a hazmat suit because it's going to be the smelliest place in your high school. At least it was for us. It was like, Jamie, Christmas, you know, because we had to walk through the wrestling room to get to the basketball locker room. So, uh so when my brother was wrestling, their coach was Gordon Mercer. He was the head coach. And Paul was a really good wrestler, but one day Gordon Mercer couldn't make it, so he brought in some dude who was an assistant who was a wrestler and was into judo, a friend of his. So the practices were already difficult, but this new guy came in and said, "First thing we're going to do is we're going to do push-ups until somebody cries. Until somebody cries." Yes, and the guys are kind of like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." No, it was serious. So they started doing push-ups, and about two minutes in, somebody started to cry, and that was the end of it. But he was serious. That's the mentality of a wrestler. It may have been three minutes or something, but sure enough, somebody started crying, and it was over. It may have been, hey, dude, can you at least fake crying here? You know, I don't know. But wrestlers are a different breed, no doubt. Okay, I didn't expect to do a dissertation on wrestlers here, so my apologies. Uh, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Marcus Hicks was a wrestler. What happened? Hmm. I don't know. Do we know? Wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers translate very well to football. No doubt. Uh, Davin Joseph on the offensive line, right? Back in the day? Davin Joseph was a bad dude. Was he Uh, a first-round draft pick? I'm trying to think. If he wasn't first, he was pretty darn early. We'd have to go ahead and Google it up. But uh, Kelly Gregg, of course, during the uh, Blake and Howard years, state champion wrestler, great dude, by the way, uh, and was really good. So, anyway,
1: Davin Joseph was a first-round draft pick, 23rd overall pick by my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2006.
0: Uh Jimbo Elrod wrestled, didn't he? Didn't Jimbo wrestle? I'm trying to remember if Jim. I think I'm correct here. If I'm not. I, I believe that Jimbo Elrod wrestled as well. We would have to look. Wouldn't that be a bite, huh? Missing a whole wrestling
1: meet. Sorry. Somebody in the 901 said just ask Spencer Jones about fighting a wrestler. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah, he caught the raw end of the deal a couple of years back. Yeah. That, was, that was something. No doubt. Ryan from Norman again. If I'm at a bar and I see someone with cauliflower ear, I buy them a beer just in case backup is needed.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Yes, Big Rich says yes. On, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, Dr. Death, Steve Williams back in the day. Uh, here's, here's a
1: Q. Text. Overton. Here's a text from a Green Country listener. I must be on the wrong radio station. Wrestling is a stool water topic, <laughs> not OU. <laughs>
0: All right, we went down a rabbit hole. My apologies. That's on me. 405-651-3439. Yeah, you guys are right. Yeah, Dr. Death. I remember Dr. Death, obviously. Great, great uh, former Sooner. Obviously pinned by Mitch Shelton and maybe the most memorable Bedlam match of all time at back at the old Gallagher Hall back in the day. Creed Humphrey was a wrestler, too. That's right, Tyler. Yeah, good call. All right, break time. Keep it right here on The Ref. We're coming back. we got T.J. Uh, Eckerd almost said T.J. Perry. T.J. Eckerd coming up at 135 right here on the home of Sooner fans. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to see the plays unfold with Eagle Vision. Well, if you're in your 40s or older and you're thinking about improving your eyesight, let me tell you about the new LASIK, or as we call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs. Unlike LASIK, which many times leaves patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to mono vision, which isn't that easy over time, lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear after your surgery, and that's huge. The best part about that, with lens replacement, you will never, never require a cataract surgery. So lens replacement with the new LASIK is a great alternative, really the way to go. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. 405-651-3439. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Okay. Uh, T.J. Eckert coming up in the next segment on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right. Uh, somebody said Dame was traded. I'm looking on ESPN. I don't see it yet. Maybe I haven't refreshed it. Let me try that.
1: You're, 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 your first mistake was that you went to ESPN instead of Twitter stealing. True. That's true, yeah. You and, know. no, I refu- I still refuse to call it X. Never have, mm, never will. No, X is it not It is good.
0: Twitter forever so, and always. There you go. So, yeah, uh, Damian Lillard uh, apparently has been dealt. I'm looking at that. I try and stay off Twitter as much as I can during the actual show because I can go down a rabbit hole and, you know, uh, I can lose my train of thought very easily. So, anyway. alright five one thirty four thirty nine. What do we have? Jay from Medill says, While in a YouTube rabbit hole, I ran into Daniel
1: Akinkunmi's OV video at Oklahoma. Really cool seeing what these recruits go through during an OV. When you say roll out the red carpet, I get it. There you go. Yeah, Daniel Akinkunmi mm-hmm. liked that ov so much
0: he felt like he was the only one he needed to take before he made his decision. It's only a matter of time. Uh, what, what's the date for Akinkunmi again? October twelfth. October twelfth. So there you so go. So It'll be something on the bye week. All right. It's something uh, to look forward to. By the way, and this is only because it's so big, uh, Damian Lillard was traded to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Whoa. Yeah, Milwaukee is part of a three team deal with Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, a 2029 unprotected uh, Milwaukee first rounder, and, uh, well, lots of other. Phoenix is involved, Joseph Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasser Little, Keon Johnson also. But uh, the bottom line is Damian Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Here you go. Blacktop Billy. Are you there? Uh, Blacktop Billy says, I live across. Are you talking about his brother? I'm talking about an Abel, as in Stan Abel's son, back in the day. Uh, He was, I saw a rumble. uh, Norman High at a party, and I think his name was Darren. um and it was a, uh, a badass linebacker on our football team versus Darren Abel, and the linebacker was bigger. And uh, you would have thought, man, eh, this is going to be very interesting. It wasn't interesting. It was Darren Abel in a uh, in a very easy decision. It didn't take long. So that's why you don't mess with wrestlers. Just saying. Squirrel from Norman says,
1: "Ah, okay. I yeah. was at a high school party, and remember." Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. He said he was at said high school party and remembers that there was an
0: epic animal house over the top event. I believe the cops arrived late. You may be remembering the same rumble that I did. Uh, Squirrel was a fine catcher back in the day on the Norman high, high School baseball team. Oh, so you know Squirrel? I do know Squirrel, yes. He was uh, an excellent backstop on the baseball team. But Oh, okay, Blacktop Billy. I s- thought you spelled it A-B-L-E, so there you go. Gotcha. 405-651-3439. All right. Update, everybody. I know you guys will do this at 2 o'clock. Terry Bussey, tomorrow about 3.30. You're saying that right now, it, would you say it's 50-50 between OU and AM? Or do you think maybe still slight edge AM?
1: and 55-45 A&M. Okay. OU has made this thing really interesting. Emmett Jones has made this thing really interesting. And... Again, neither staff yet has been involved of a final decision, in, 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 informed of a final decision, I should say, by Terry Bussey. So this is one that in all likelihood is going to go down to the wire. Uh, sources I, would talk, I was talking to this morning remarked on the fact that he's just kept this thing so close to the vest. It's become apparent that OU and A&M are his top two schools, but nobody's really sure which way this thing is going to swing I would say the safe money is on a and m just because they've been considered the leader for so long, but, as we've been saying for weeks and weeks, Steely, if there was a school that was going to pry Bussy away from a and m it was going to be Oklahoma because of the Emmett Jones factor and the sole mission, and that's what's keeping Oklahoma in this thing as we head towards the home stretch.
0: All right, so Michigan State officially uh, fired Mel Tucker today. Reggie Powers, the safety we saw immediately that Oklahoma's offered this kid. Uh, four-star safety out of the state of Ohio. What do you think the Sooners' chances are?
1: There? Uh, they're going to push for him. It's hard to say what their chances are until he visits. So if and when he visits, then I'll have a better standpoints I'll have a better read on where things stand between OU and Reggie Powers but he's never visited campus so naturally it's tough to gauge
0: so this this is a uh, prospect that's going to get a lot of attention though right from a lot of schools this Reggie Powers so 405-651-3439 anything on Grant Bricks Michael Boganowski uh Jordan the union kid no news no news so there you have it. And uh, any, uh, you know, your in-depth look at recruiting is going to be happening. We, we do quite a bit here, too, as well. But certainly at uh, the top of the hour, we get locked in. Okay, 405-651-3439. Drew from Flower
1: Mound says, Parker, are you surprised that Macari Vickers has gotten a lot of game time so far? I thought we were really deep and he would redshirt. I guess injuries has helped out. No, Macari Vickers was never one of those guys that was likely to redshirt. Um you look at the cornerback room, and it was, it was Woody Washington and either Gentry Williams or Kendall Dolby that was going to be that second starting corner. But behind those guys, I mean, you can make the case that there weren't any other cornerbacks ahead of Josiah Wagner and Macquarie Vickers on that depth chart. So at worst, Vickers was going to be your fifth option at cornerback, and rarely would you redshirt corner number five. Now you get down to corners six, seven, eight, those guys are probably taking red shirts. But Vickers has seen a lot of time. Wagner being banged up has certainly opened more of an opportunity up for Vickers because Wagner was making a hard push to start before he got injured, before he suffered that groin injury at fall camp. That was a kid that very, very well could have ended up starting opposite Woody in place of Gentry Williams. Now, that's obviously that injury has set him back a little bit. Williams has been really nice thus far this season. Kendall Dolby has been really nice thus far this season. So you have a lot of good depth at cornerback, but in Vickers, a former top 100 prospect, top 10 corner in the country last cycle, you get a guy that is a difference maker at the position and has the potential to be a true lockdown corner down the line and has all the physical tools already as a freshman. Six foot one, 190 pounds, Really physical, really fast, really athletic. No, I'm not surprised that he's gotten a lot of run thus far, and I I do not expect him to redshirt. Never did expect him to redshirt.
0: And uh, we did talk about By Job earlier, and Parker basically said, you know, until he gets in the portal, you know, nothing really to talk about yet. But we'll see. Obviously, By Job. Uh, at Michigan State has played some this year as well, so we'll see what else could happen there. All right, we got a break right here. Keep those texts rolling in. 405-651-3439. Meyer Chevrolet text line. Our pregame show begins at noon on Saturday. All right For Oklahoma and uh, Iowa State, 6 p.m. kickoff on FS1. When we get back, we'll jump on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, talk to our friend T.J. Eckert from Tulsa. That's next. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right. Welcome back. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen. It's where it's at. Brand new gaming floor. Nearly 3,000 electronic games. Big time hotel connected to the casino. They have the best games, the best bars and dining, the best hotel, the best service. They have it all. All your favorite table games, great promotions. The new member seven promotion, you can earn up to $450 in one day. With a brand new Riverwind wild card, won't cost you a dime. You can't upgrade it, but a standard River Riverwind wild card won't cost you a dime. It could win you a bunch of dimes. And uh, we've got great shows at the Showplace Theater back now. We also have the 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings happening. at uh, The conclusion of that great promotion, Saturday night. What's not to love about Riverwind Casino? They've got everything. Coop Ale House Bar is unbelievable. Beats and Bites, we've got an October 22nd show with uh, the gin blossoms and tonic outdoors and the Coop Ale Works Beats and Bites stage. Riverwind Casino is set the standard in the metro area for the best casino experience for a long, long time, and the best has gotten better. So thanks again to our friends at Riverwind Casino. T.J. Eckert on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. What are we thinking about uh, Oklahoma-Iowa State this weekend, T.J.? You know, Iowa State's in that classic spot just before Texas. Um, you know, with this staff, I think it looks it looks a little bit different to me um, that they can sell Iowa State and probably get most of the kids on that roster to believe because of the way Brent and that staff is. But what's your take? Any chance the Sooners, you know, are thinking more about the Longhorns Saturday?
3: You know, I, I do think that, that they'll certainly be looking ahead. But to your point, I, I feel like this team and this coaching staff is, will get will have them ready to go and, and and not drop a clunker at home against Iowa State. I feel like, not going to lose. I feel like they're going to win. My my concern level is is how they win. I, like, I, I feel like they need a little confidence boost on on offense right now, uh, specifically the run game. Like, I, I know that you know Iowa State historically had a good defense. Historically, they fairly difficult to run the ball on but you got to you got to put together some form or some semblance of a run game or give the offensive line uh, a little confidence going into texas week just because it's been so bad not bad it's been not great recently and so uh, to, so to answer your question i don't i don't feel like they're going to overlook them to the point where they're going to get upset at home uh but there are there is certainly a look-ahead factor in this game, but i think the staff will have them ready to go
1: TJ, you think it makes it easier for Oklahoma not to look past an opponent when you got a team like Iowa State that's played them so tight so many years in a row?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That this is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of another example in the Big Twelve of a team that they've they've handled for the most part. I know they lost to Tech, but or a West Virginia, you know, like one of those teams like that 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 could be a much easier look ahead game. But the way Iowa State plays, and in, in terms of the way they eat clock and the way their defense kind of makes you drive the full length of the field, it's hard to really truly blow them out. So it's it's probably going to be a decent game for a little while. And I think I think that certainly helps. I think it, it helps that you, they haven't had that much success against them in recent years. And I think it helps that they're going to have to be able to run the ball to have any success. And I think that's, that's something that they want to kind of hang their hat on going into this, this weekend.
0: Everybody has an opinion on uh, Dylan Gabriel so far. Uh, what's your take on the way he's played and uh, what to look for moving forward out of him?
3: It's crazy that, that there's a discussion being had where, you know, entering last week he was leading the country in completion center percentage. He was second in the country in efficiency. And people are calling for his head. He's certainly missed throws. I mean, that, there's no doubt that he's missed a couple throws here and there. Has he missed some layups in terms of just wide open guys? He, he has. That's, that's going to happen. There's not going to be a guy that hits every single open throw, that makes every single contested throw. Um, I think he's done exactly what he's needed to do. Given the state of this team. But defense has kinda of carried the load right now. There's no reason to force a bunch of balls into coverage and, and, and try to force the ball downfield. Now he's done that a few times, which is just fine. But he's made the throws he's needed to make. Has a, again, there's been throws he's missed, sure. But it feels like the same argument we had last year with Dylan Gabriel, and that there's just this such a high expectation for the quarterback position in Norman that any missed throw is like an indictment and like we need to, we need to find somebody else. It doesn't help that Jackson Arnold's there. It doesn't help that he looks pretty good in, in the time he's gotten. But I think he's been fine. I think he's been better than last year. And um, I just think the expectation for the quarterback position at OU is so high that, that fans expect more. And, I, I, you know, I, I understand it, but I, we're not, I'm not to the point of even considering benching Gabriel right now. I think he's played, I think he's played well and, and played just fine given the state of the team.
1: TJ, what do we know about the OU defense through four games, and what can we hope to learn before they head to the Cotton Bowl to take on Texas?
3: You know, I think we know that this team is is a better tackling team. They have a better understanding of the system, which can lend of being in position to make those tackles. And So those are the two things I think I can certainly sit here and say right now is that they're a better tackling team. Uh, they're a little more sure of themselves in the system. I think there's a lot more speed on the defense this year than there was last year. I feel like there's a bunch of guys around the ball more frequently than last year. Uh, what we're still trying to figure out, I'm not, I don't get too wrapped up in the sack numbers and, and is the D-line not creating any pass rush. I think if you watch, the quarterbacks have all been bothered in every game they've played. They haven't really, maybe they haven't gotten to them. Maybe they haven't taken them to the ground. But there have been some hurries. There have been some uncomfortable moments for quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, with this sooner D-line. And then last week, I felt like Brent Venables and the staff kind of got in their bag a little bit with some of the blitz packages they were bringing. It felt like they were getting a little more exotic with some of the stuff they were doing, and so that was encouraging to see. I feel like they're kind of opening things up a little bit. So uh, I would like to see a little bit more D line pressure, like that would be great. I'd also like to see defensive backs not panic too much when they when they're in good position and committing pass interference calls. We've seen a couple of those, whether we like the call or not. Um, so that'd be something else to keep an eye on. Just a little bit more confidence from the DBs when they get in those one-on-one situations and not panicking and, and ended up getting a flag called.
0: Our guest, T.J. Eckert, on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. As you look around the country so far, uh, what stands out to you in terms of teams, individual performances, uh, what, what's what been the uh, thing that's caught your eye?
3: Well, honestly, Steely, it just it feels like things are pretty wide open. I mean, it, it truly does. It feels like there's not one team this year. I, I'm sure Georgia will probably kind of, kind of carry the flag right now. Nobody, somebody has to beat them. But they haven't played anybody, so it's really hard to get a gauge on them. I, I watched Michael Penix against Tulsa, so I've seen Washington play a couple times now, and he's impressive. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't know what the Heisman odds are right now, but he he should be up there at the top, if not the top guy right now. He's been he's been really good. He's solid. That Washington team is is good. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun. Fun team to watch as the season progresses. But for me, honestly, in terms of what's caught my eye is the fact that it just feels like this race is more open than it has. End up winning against Notre Dame, but not doing it in an impressive fashion. Like I think they're kind of a question mark right now. Uh, Penn State's trying to try to key it up theirs, too. So it, I think the parity, there is a little bit of parity at the top right now. And, and whether that's a good thing for OU, I don't know. Um, but that, that's kind of been the thing is that there's not one team. I'm, I'm like, okay, right now that team for sure is my college football playoff favorite. So I think that that's kind of fun. TJ,
1: when was the last time Oklahoma state was this bad?
3: Oh, oh I honestly, um, I, I really don't know. And I don't know if you have to go all the way back to the, to the beginning of the Mike Gundy era. I don't, I don't remember the quality of those teams. The records of those teams were not great, so maybe you go all the way back there. I really didn't think the team that came to Norman and almost beat OU in 2018, Kyler Murray's year, with uh, with Corn Corndog leading the way, I didn't think they were that good. Uh, they about beat OU there, uh, went for two there against uh, Kyler Murray to, to lose. I didn't think that team was very talented, but I think this team's worse than that team, clearly. So to answer your question, I don't know. I mean, I think you've got to go back to the beginning of the Mike Gundy era, probably, to find a team that's, that's been this, this low on talent. I think they finally – I don't know if Bowman's the answer or not, but picking one and just riding them was always the answer in my mind in terms of quarterback play. I just – it's so impossible to play well with three quarterbacks. I think they're all just average. None of them are, like, better than the rest. So just pick one and roll. And so hopefully that helps them out a little bit. But, man, it's uh, it's not it's not looking good right now. I mean, there's been questions on social media. Pick out a win on the schedule the rest of the way. I mean, seriously, it's, it's it's kind of gotten to that point. I think they find a couple more. But – Not
0: good. TJ, always appreciate it. By the way, you got thirty seconds. US or the Euros. What do you think?
3: I I don't need thirty seconds because I'm not a I'm not a trader. I'm gonna pick the United States to win. I would never pick the Euros to win anything. I'm a little nervous. But I think the United States finds a way to get it down on foreign soil for the first time in 30 years.
0: Yeah, yeah. On paper, it looks like the U.S. uh, We'll see, you know, how those, you know, matches go, man. Match plays a lot different, totally different. TJ, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you. You bet, guys. We'll talk to you soon. T.J. Eckert, Riverwind Casino Hotline, joining us here on this uh, Wednesday edition of Steel Man Thin. All right, let's break right here. Lou Holtz came back at Ryan Day. Who declared- Lou Holtz? He's like, okay, you want the smoke? I know. Let's do this. You don't mess with Lou Holtz. Um, I can tell you Lou Holtz story, too, when we get back. Oh, We're- please do. After the Sooners lost to Arkansas, my brother and I composed a letter. Uh, I think it was separate letters to Lou Holtz. Uh, calling him every name in the book that we could when we were younger, and drawing bad pictures about it. And we were gonna, we wanted to mail it to the University of Arkansas because we hated him for that night. My mother stepped in and said, "You're not sitting at anywhere." You know, she basically calmed us down. That was the night that Arkansas. What was it, thirty-one to six? They beat a Sooner team that didn't show up that night. It wasn't a pretty night, and we despised Lou Holtz because we thought he looked like a pipsqueak, and he did. But he was a pretty good football coach. The night that Roland Sales was sailing all around the Sooner defense for a then-Orange Bowl record, I believe it was 207 yards rushing as a freshman. All right, break time right here. Keep it right here. We've got one more segment to go. We're getting locked in at uh, just after 2 o'clock. Wednesday here on the Home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back. Final segment here on a Wednesday. You heard Ryan Day, you know, after the uh, huge win for the Buckeyes in South Bend last Saturday night. Lou Holtz had questioned whether Ohio State could match Notre Dame physically. And when the Buckeyes per- won the game.
1: perfectly fair thing to say, mm-hmm. by the way. Yep. I, am, I am team Lou Holtz all the way. Lou Holtz has been more of a more he's been more comic relief than hard-hitting analysis for the better part of a couple decades now. True. But still, there was nothing Lou Holtz said that was out of the norm for pregame analysis of a college football game and certainly nothing Ryan Day should have taken personally.
0: Yeah, a lot of it. Look, coaches manufacture some stuff to get their teams motivated, and that just sounded like it was so over-the-top afterwards. I understand the excitement of winning the game, but then everybody's good, you know, against Ohio, like, what? Okay, really? Uh, but here's Lou Holtz responding uh, yesterday to Ryan Day, you know, getting jumping all over Lou Holtz, and Lou Holtz was in, uh, wasn't afraid to come right back at him. I can understand why he did. He doesn't want to talk about Michigan, you know, 0-2. He doesn't want to talk about the big game coming up against Penn State and against Michigan again. He's a great coach. He's done a tremendous job. He's a great offensive mind. Ohio State's a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. He could go after me all he wants. Notre Dame was a better football team and more physical. And I'm sorry that Coach Dave was offended by it. I hope he goes on, has a wonderful year. I don't think they'll be a great football team. I really don't. I felt Notre Dame won the football game. All we had to do was fall on the ball. There you go. Lou Holtz,
1: man, it was right there. Generally, an 86-year-old retiree Mm -hmm. versus, I mean, what is Ryan Day? He can't be older than 42, 43. He's got to be early 40s, Max. Generally, the early 40s current college football coach is going to be the one that's far more rational and level headed yeah. than the 86 year old retiree. <laughs> That's true. Former head football. Like the fact that Lou Holtz is so clearly in the right here is astonishing.
0: Now, you called Ryan Day the Mule Shoe of the Northeast. Yes. So who do you take in a cage match, Ryan Day or Mule Shoe? Oh, Ryan Day. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. Because he's from Ohio. That's right. Mule Shoe's from freaking Mule Shoe. So um but ryan day uh does he dye the beard i think it's pretty clear right you think he does i think there's it looks a little too jet black it's me. it's very jet black there is no question about that
1: 580 Nate says i'd pay 50 bucks to hear lou holt say pj adibawara oh <laughs> uh,
0: like i said i'm just going with pj i'm just going with pj all right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Who's the mule shoe of the Southwest and the – Well, well mule shoe is the mule shoe of the Southwest. Well, yes, but he's west now, right? At least for now. I mean, he's pretty far south, too. By the way, can we pull up Everything Runs Through Lubbock one more time? What, uh, oh let's see, gosh. 925 uh, for Joy. I just love that they're getting their butt speed. It's so great. It is so awesome. Yeah, Joey Tech loses again. There we go. Here we go. Texas Tech, one and three. Everything
1: runs through Love. Everything runs through
2: Love. Joey, we have something here for our special visitors. Hey,
0: maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. Everything runs through Love. Joey. Joey. Joey.
2: They're laughing at you on the street. Ain't nobody laughing at me on the
0: street. Behind your back, I seen them laughing at you, fella. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, for good old Texas Tech, everything runs through Lubbock. I'm so glad to get those Sand Aggies off of the schedule I can and just, out of the league.
1: Can't you just visualize Steely sitting there stifling giggles as he edits that together?
0: <laughs> We mixed together a little uh, Airplane in the movie, uh Concrete Blonde, uh Joey Maguire, and a crazy laugh. And there you go. But I I'm, I'm just so happy to be rid of tech. They just I uh, just thinking about tech makes me angry.
1: Do you know what you're gonna have to live with, Steely? The last game Oklahoma and Texas Tech ever played is conference opponents. Texas Tech won.
0: That's right. Reggie Pearson had the big hit too, right? Dylan Gabriel came back doing that game. Uh so anyway, we'll see what happens. 405, 651, 3439. Um closing as we get out of here. You know, the interesting thing is any game the week before Texas, you know, is always difficult in terms – particularly, I think, more so for the fans because they're, they're ready. OU fans are itching to get back to the Cotton Bowl because of the debacle that happened there last year, which was just a complete – you you couldn't – it was horrible. The only thing is Texas didn't hang a half a hundred on OU because of the missed extra point. But other than that, it was just – it was it was a horrible day in Dallas. So – I don't know.
1: It was a missed field goal, by the way. It and was by that point, there was oh, a it guy. it was a missed field goal. That's there was a guy right. named yeah. Charles Wright playing quarterback for Texas yeah. by that point in the game.
0: That's right. It was a missed field goal. That's right. What am I thinking? 49 was seven touchdowns. Um, who is in more danger this week? It's got to be Texas, right? Kansas, well coached. I mean, Iowa State can play some defense. What is the uh, the Kansas-Texas line, by the way? Was it like? Kansas by
1: 17, or I'm sorry, Texas by 17 over Kansas.
0: So there you go. So the Sooners are a bigger favorite. Uh, I had seen it. ESPN still has it at 20, and as you said, Texas favored. Uh, It's now 16.5, at least on ESPN. By the way,
1: 588 says, Seriously, listen to that. Everything runs through Lubbock take again with your eyes closed, and Will Farrell saying it. Sounds like him. All right, we got a Texas. All right, here we
0: go. Let's see. We got
1: to put this to the test. Tell me if you hear Will Farrell. Everything runs through love Everything runs through love Everything runs through love
0: <laughs> I'm still hearing Joey McGuire. That's just me. That's a little bit of a stretch. 580. Mm, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're not you're far off base. That, yeah, but yeah. who are you happy to get rid of among the uh the common people who will be left in the Big 12? Who am I
1: happy to get rid of? Yes. Well, Texas Tech. Good. More so than anybody else. Okay, I
0: mean. K-State? Maybe. <laughs> I, I'll miss that trip to K-State, I, man. You know, the, man, K- a fun road the trip. K-State fans are great, too. And you just have to tip your cap to K-State. Because like I said, I don't know if there's a program year in, year out that's better coached for the last 25, 30 years in Kansas State.
1: Controversial opinion here? Maybe. But I'm eager to get rid of Oklahoma State, too.
0: There you go. All right, everything runs through Norman, ladies and gentlemen, including getting locked in with Parker Thune and Tyler McComas coming up next. And maybe some news on Terry Bussey. You never know. All right, stay with them. They'll have a great, great, great hour of radio for you right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.